All right. Again, good morning to everybody. Good morning, Prophet. Good morning. Today is a wonderful day. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, you are the healing one. And you have come. You sent your word, and you healed us. And we praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, we are talking about faith in righteousness. Okay? So grab your Bible, grab pen and paper. Get ready to take some real good notes as we go back into this word again on today. All right, Prophet, we're going to go from the beginning. Praise God. Amen. Romans 12 and 3 tells us, God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. <laughs> God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. At the new birth, God put, he puts in every person the beginning measure of faith. And we have a measure of the God kind of faith. We uh -huh. are the custodian of that faith. We determine what happens to our faith, where it goes, how we use it, what we do with it. And we are to cause it to grow by feeding and meditating on the word of God and mm -hmm. then release that faith through our words and our actions. Wow. Faith comes by hearing. It's not released by hearing. It comes by hearing. But it's released through words and action. That's good. Faith is how we conduct business with God. Mm. Mm -hmm. it, it is the great conductor of God's power. It converts the word to power. Faith is the pipeline that God's power flows through to reach our needs. That's right. We must, we must protect our faith so that we can keep moving with God and receive from God what he has already made ours. Let's, let's pause right there. Read that last paragraph again. We must protect our faith so that we can keep moving with God and receive from God what he has already made ours. So faith is the pipeline, right? Faith is the pipeline that God's power flows through to reach our needs. Absolutely. Now, pay attention to words there. Faith is the pipeline. Where God's power flows through to meet our needs. See, everything is centered around faith and everything is done by faith. Faith is the vehicle. That is going to come to you own. Now let me explain this to you. Every time you prayed in faith. First of all. God heard you. And. You prayed his word. He did it for you. 
Let's understand that. He heard you, and it was done. But let me tell you, it was done before you ever prayed it. Okay, listen. It was done before you ever prayed it. See, a lot of the things that you are praying about, even your healing, I've got some news for you. It's already been done before you ever came to the face of the earth. Before he ever put you in this earth. Your healing was already provided for you. So we could say it this way. You already got it. Or you already had it. You see it? It has already been provided for you. It came in spirit form. You got to get that. It came in what? In spirit form. Now, why is faith so important? Why is faith the pipeline? Why is it the vehicle that everything comes through on? Why? Because it came in spirit form. Now you must release that faith to go into the eternal realm. Eternal realm in the spirit world, your faith grabs a hold to it and brings it back down to you in physical form. See, he gave it to you in spirit form. You release your faith. Your faith goes into the eternal realm or the spirit world and grab that thing and bring it back down to you in manifestation of physical form. Do y'all understand that? This is how it works. This is why it says faith is the vehicle of the pipeline. Where it's going to come to you all. Because when it gets to you, watch this, it's in manifestation. It's in the physical form. But if you pray God's word, believe in him, he answered you, but it came in spirit form. Always. Mm-hmm. Now you release your faith. Your faith is the vehicle that is going to come back to you in physical form. All right. Praise God. So it's only by faith that we can live a rich life that God has provided for us. We we must deal with things that try to hinder or rob of us, rob us of our faith. Mm -hmm. Jesus asked this question: When I come back, will I find persistence? In faith. That's what Jesus is looking for. That's what he needs. So he can work. But we want to point out some things. Persistent. Yes. In faith. There are some hindrances to your faith though. 
such as condemnation. We looked at that on, on last week. Uh, it's, condemnation hinders your faith. It's sin consciousness. Living, uh, conscious of past sins and past faults and failures and weaknesses. These things produce condemnation. That's right. Condemnation focuses on the flesh and the natural side of man instead of focusing on what you really are in Christ mm-hmm. and, and on your spirit and all that's contained in your spirit. Any sense of condemnation shows that further renewing of the mind is called for. So if we know that we're walking in condemnation, we know one of the things we must do is renew our mind. Mm-hmm. The receiving of miracles and healing power is hindered when there is condemnation present. Mm-hmm. Condemnation doesn't just destroy someone's self-image, how they see themselves, but it destroys their ability to receive from God. Condemnation yeah. must, it turns us, it turns you sin conscious instead of being righteousness conscious. Say that again. Condemnation turns us sin conscious instead of being righteousness conscious. See, condemnation is designed to hold you back. Hmm. It's designed to keep you from being healed. If you keep a sense of, I'm so unworthy, I'm unworthy, you will never get healed. Because condemnation is holding you back. When Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, when he told Peter, excuse me, to let him use his boat, Peter said, okay, and he did. Now, they fished all night long. Peter and those other disciples, they fished all night long, but they didn't catch anything. And they were professional fishermen. They have made a whole lot of money from fishing. They knew how to fish. So when Jesus told them, he said, you're catching the meat, fellas? Peter said, Master, we have taught, which means we have sweated all night long, and we have caught nothing. So Jesus told him, they had even washed their nets out, if you remember. Jesus told them, put your nets out again, but put them on the other side. That's what a fish is up. I'm like, wait a minute. Now, we're professional fishermen, and here the preacher going to tell us how to fish. Let me tell y'all something. The Bible said they caught up a boat sinking load of fish and they had to ask their partners and other little uh, 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 ships to come and help them 
The catch was so big, they had never, ever seen a catch like that before. Never. Now, this is what I'm trying to show you here. When this happened, Peter was astounded by it. To the point where he said, away from me, Lord. Why? I'm a sinful man. What told him that condemnation? See? Here the Lord blessed him, and he can't even receive it. Why? Condemnation made him think and felt like he was unworthy of it. Do y'all see that? Mm -hmm. See? The Lord heal you. Oh no, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worthy to be healed. What is wrong with you? I'll tell you what's wrong with you. Condemnation. That's right. It happens every day in all day. Condemnation is the doctrine that demons teach. Did you know demons teach? One of the things they teach is condemnation. Another is fear, the doctrine of fear. Religion. Religion tell you what you can't have and why it can't be done. Because you see, there's none righteous. Oh, no, no, not one. But read Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, and you will see where the Lord made you and I his righteousness. Under the law, no man was righteous. But now Jesus has come and died for you and rose again. And seated at the right hand of the Father. Now you can be righteous. So when Paul said there's none righteous, no, not one. He was quoting a Old Testament scripture. But the law of the new covenant of the New Testament says we are righteous. And we can operate in the faith of God. All right. Are you see? Exactly. That's it. You, you've uh, summed it up very well. The condemnation show, it shows us that further renewing of our mind is really necessary. So if yes. we are walking in condemnation, the first thing, the first form of action we might want to take is to renew our minds according to the word of God. And mm -hmm. how do you renew your mind? You find out what God says. And then you begin to meditate that word until it becomes a part of you. Until it goes down into your spirit, not just in your head, but in your spirit. Mm -hmm. Condemnation doesn't just destroy our images, the show of ourselves, but it destroys our ability, our ability to receive from God. Yeah. It hinders, it hinders your faith. Therefore, it hinders your ability to receive miracles, such as healing. If we need healing, it's impossible to receive healing if we're walking in condemnation. That's right. Now we can go to the doctor and, and we always say this, thank God for doctors. Doctors are trained professionals. 
they study the anatomy of the body. They know uh, medical terminology. They they've studied for years and years how to help us to get healed in many situations. But we're talking about divine healing right now. We're talking about divine healing. And divine healing, we know, it comes from the inside out. When you go to the doctor, healing is, is originated from the from the knowledge and, and the years of study and research that medical professionals have attained through the years. So it's from the outside. But when you're going to be healed from the in with divine healing that we're talking about this morning on this in our healing school, we're talking about divine healing. And what is divine healing? That's right. Divine healing it comes through faith. It comes through faith. And that's why we we're shedding some light on what causes us to miss and, and and miss out on divine healing? One of the things that causes us to forfeit divine healing is walking in condemnation. We also pointed out about unforgiveness. Yes. Unforgiveness will cause us to what? Cause your faith to be weak. And when your faith is weak, it's hard to receive from God because those of us, the Bible says, who come to him, to Christ, to Jesus. We must believe, first of all. You must believe. You cannot come to him wavering and and, and taking a, a guess and saying, oh, I'm going to wait and see if it's going to work. No, we must come in faith. Condemnation okay. hinders your faith. If if your faith yeah. is hindered, it's hard for you to receive divine healing. That's right. If you're walking in unforgiveness, it, your faith is hindered. It's hard for you to receive your divine healing. But when we walk in faith, when we release our faith, this, it looks like this. Father, you said it. I believe it. That settles it. And then we're not going to worry about it anymore. Because even walking in with worry and fear, that hinders our faith. Fear yes. is just the opposite of faith. So we have to make sure we identify these, these, these fight. I call them blockers, faith blockers. Mm-hmm. Identify them. Condemnation, unforgiveness, strife, fear. These are faith blockers. And when your faith is blocked, then your healing is almost impossible. Divine healing. Yeah, we can take medication. We can take all the, you know, the modern technology and, and go through all of that. But if you can receive divine healing, who would want to? Yeah. You know, thank God for the, for the doctors. I, I go to doctors. We all go to doctors. But we're talking about divine healing this morning. And it starts from the inside out. It starts from you having your faith. Rooted in the word of God. Believing what God says about you. Such as Romans 8 and 1. Romans 8 and 1 tells us, There is therefore now no condemnation to them. And when it says them, put your name there. I personalize it. There is therefore now no condemnation to Helen. Who is in Christ Jesus, 
who walks not after the flesh, but after the spirit. What does it mean to not walk after the flesh? That means I'm not going to let condemnation stay in my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let unforgiveness stay in my heart or in my head or nowhere near me. I'm going to walk after the spirit. So to walk after the spirit, guess what? We're going to be quick to what? Forgive. That's right. We're going to be quick to forgive others who hurt us, who who abused us and misused us. You can find that over in Matthew chapter 5 up around verse 44. It tells us what to do when people, others have hurt us. Gives us strict instructions on how to deal with that. So that's what it means to walk after the spirit. Mm-hmm. But if we walk after the flesh, your flesh wants to what? Your flesh wants to get even. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> your yes, flesh sir. wants to hold on to that. Your flesh wants to pout a little bit. Your flesh wants to just, you know, think about what they've done. And, and, and imagine how you just might want to get them back. It doesn't want to, you know, want you to be pleasant or at peace with with your attackers. It wants you to be always looking at what they've done. But God said, forget that. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, forgive them, pray for them, do good. Because see, when we do that, now we're moving into the line of right up to the line where we can receive our divine healing. We're moving right into that place of receiving. Now we are, we're in, in good standing with God. There's no condemnation in my mind anymore. I'm thinking his thoughts now. I'm not feeling guilty about not forgiving someone. I'm not feeling guilty about not walking in love. And then the main thing is love, of course. Make sure we're walking in love. This is what it means to walk after the Spirit. The Bible tells us we have to renew our mind. Yes. So this is what you must do. Get that mind. Get the mind of Christ and walk in that. Then when we're walking in that mind and that's what we think about and that's what we reflect on, child of God, before long, that's who you are. You become, you know, you're going to become that person. Romans 14 and 17 tells us, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness. That's what we're talking about. Righteousness. Faith and righteousness. So, for the kingdom of God is it's righteousness and peace. Mm-hmm. What is righteousness? In right standing with God. In right standing with God. Yes, that means you are forgiven. You are free. You have forgiven others. Even as Christ forgives you, you've done that to others. So, you are now in right standing with God. There's no condemnation right. that can hold you. That's right. Righteousness, peace, and joy is the flow of the Holy Ghost. 
That's good. This is the flow of God. And this is the flow God moves in. He moves in the flow of righteousness. God doesn't move in the flow of fear and worry and doubt and condemnation. He does not. Satan moves in those areas. Satan is the yeah. deceiver. The Bible says he is a deceiver. That's right. And he will seek to deceive you to make you think it's okay to hold on to unforgiveness, mm. to hold on to, you know, fear and worry and doubt. We don't have to hold on to those things. We should never hold on to those things. Mm. That's right. We we want to flow in righteousness and in peace and in joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes. We can't walk in peace and joy unless we renew our minds to the truth that Jesus has made us righteous. He's made us righteous. When he shed his blood for you and for, and for, for us on that cross, we became the righteousness of God. But Satan will come again and again and again to try to cause you to what? Forfeit that. That's that right. you don't walk, that it doesn't profit you anything. Because if we're going to continue to walk after the flesh and remember everything that someone did to hurt us or misuse or abuse us, Father God, you're going to be walking in that condemnation all the time, thinking about that and living in the past. Remember, we can't live in the past. We have to go forward in Christ, who has made us the righteousness by, by the shedding of his blood. Jesus made yeah. us righteous. So we aren't righteous because we did anything. It's not what, what we did. It's not what you did or what I did. Jesus did everything right. First John 1 and 9. First John, we know First John 1 and 9. We live in that. We love First John 1 and 9. What does it say? If we confess our sins, mm. he, God, Jesus, is, God is faithful and just to what? To forgive us. That's right. Our sins. And to what? Cleanse us from all. Look at that word. Cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Yes. Do you see that? So if we believe this word, if we are in faith about that word, if we believe this, how can there be any unrighteousness in you, but you've gone to the Father and you've confessed, Father? Now, 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 I've been, I've been, I've been holding on to this unforgiveness because, and you called that person's name, you know, hurt me a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, an hour ago. It doesn't matter. God said, come to me, bring it to me, confess it. Not to your neighbors, not to the social media, but go to God. He said, get in your closet, confess it to me. He said, and yeah. I am faithful and I am just and I will forgive you and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, if you believe that, child of God, that's a heavy load that's going to be lifted off of you. Mm -hmm. Amen? Satan that's doesn't right. want you to be free, but this is what God is saying. This is how we receive our freedom. By just confessing you made a mistake, you've done something wrong. He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He doesn't want you sick. 
He doesn't want you walking in in, in, in torment and torture about anything. Divine healing belongs to you. It belongs to each of us. And this is how we receive it. Just by faith, by believing him. Everywhere Jesus went, you look at his teachings in the New Testament. He always asked before he performed a miracle for someone. Do you believe I'm able to do this? That's that was right. his question. Do you believe? Not what your mother believes, what your father believes, sister, cousin, brother, uncle, niece, nephew. No, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they mm-hmm. say, yeah, Lord, I believe. He said, well, be it unto you, what? Even as you have believed. That's right. That's what Mark, that's what Mark 11 is about, right, Apostle? That's right. Mark, Mark 11 is telling us. Mark 11, he says, have faith in God. Verse 22 and 23, he said, if you speak to this mountain and tell this mountain, what is the mountain? It's the sickness that's trying to attach itself to your body. He said, if you tell that mountain to be removed and to be cast into the sea, that mountain will obey you. Now, now that's only if you're in faith. Because he mm-hmm. goes on to say, and doubt not what? In your heart. That's right. But believe the things you say when you pray. He said, if you believe it when you pray, it, you're going to have it. That's Mark 11, 23. Very powerful scripture. I love that scripture. You know, when I find myself having a hard time with anything, I go and remind myself. I go and repeat it. I go and meditate on Mark 11, 23. And I speak to every mountain that's trying to uh, align itself, array itself, attack me in any way. Because just because you're saved, don't think that that attack will not come. Child of God, they will. Especially because you're saved. But when they do, you have to go and get into the word of God. Yeah. You have to speak it. You have to remind yourself. You have to meditate on it. Mutter it to yourself. You don't have to yell and scream. It's just right under your breath. Just, just thank you, Father. I, I speak to this mountain and name it. Whatever it is. This high blood pressure. Uh, this diabetes, this whatever it is, I speak to it now in Jesus' name, and I commend it to be removed from me. And I have no okay. doubt in my heart. I have no doubt that I have exactly what I say. And Father, thank you right now. I receive it. Mm-hmm. I do that. And then don't don't worry about the pain that's still there. That's where we make our mistake. That's where we miss it. Then we try to see if it lasts. No, you got to believe when you say it left, it left, whether you see it or feel it. That's good. You might go to sleep and, and wake up the next morning wondering, where did the pain go? When did it leave? Don't try to track it. Don't try to figure out, keep feeling that area to see if it's gone. No, just know that it's gone. You have to get to the place where you say, Father, you said it. I believe it, and that's it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. When it leaves, it's going to leave. Huh? Because he he cannot lie. He cannot lie. So that's our part. Our part is to speak his word and believe his word, release his word. Remember when we started out talking about how we release faith? You release your faith through speaking his word, acting on his word. Faith comes 
it comes even as I'm speaking to you right now. I pray that you are getting, that your faith is being increased. I'm praying that your, your faith level is increasing as I'm speaking because all I'm speaking is the word of God. All apostle is speaking is the word of God. So we pray that your faith is being increased, but that's not how you release your faith. You release your faith by taking what you hear and speaking it in your own life, over your own situation, and speaking it in faith. Not, not in a, in, in a, you know, in a doubtful sort of, uh, uh, release. No, but, but powerful. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you. Thank you. I believe it and I receive it. I spoke to that mountain. And I told that mountain to be removed, and I believe it, and I receive it. That's how you release your faith. That's how you release your faith. And that's what we're doing this morning in this healing school. We're finding out what faith is. Faith and righteousness, they go together. Faith and righteousness. Your faith cannot work in the face of unrighteousness. If if you're going to live in condemnation all your life, in unforgiveness and strife, separation, division, fear, anger, those things are faith blockers. And your yes. faith will work. Your faith mm-hmm. will work. Just like all the very different uh, occasions that Jesus went about healing people in the New Testament, it's because their faith was at work. And the one I like to use all the time is the woman with the issue of blood, who had spent everything she had and had bled for many years. You know that. Was sick for many years and no doctor could heal her. But she heard about Jesus. Did you catch that? She heard that Jesus would be passing by. She heard. She heard. Remember, hearing is how you grow your faith. So she heard about Jesus. And her faith was in, she, I'm telling you, that lady got in faith because she said something. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Didn't she mm-hmm. say that? Yeah. Sure she did. But now she had to finish releasing her faith. He wasn't coming to her house, but she knew where he was going to be passing by. And she went there. And she got into the crowd and made her way to do exactly what she said she would do. She said, if I could just touch his garment. She she didn't even say if I could touch him. She said, if I could just touch his garment. That was her releasing her faith. Faith right. is released. It's released through speaking. And we she didn't have the New Testament to speak. She spoke our faith in Christ because he was passing by. We don't have that. You know what we have? We have his words. Yes. And we release our faith by speaking his words. So when you speak Mark 11 and you say to that mountain of whatever it is, in the name of the Lord Jesus, be removed from me, that's just like the woman with the issue of blood. She released her faith in words and you release your faith in words. Are you getting it? Mm-hmm. And so we know what happened. She touched his garment and immediately she was made whole. Immediately she was made whole. 
And Jesus said, who touched me? His disciples said, all these people out here thronging you and touching you, rubbing on you all, elbow to elbow with you. And you say, who touched me? She said, this was a touch. This was a different kind of touch. You see, she touched him with faith. These people were just pushing up against him. They didn't even care or knew who he was. They didn't care. But she knew who he was, and she knew that he was the healer. She knew that. He said, this was a different touch. He said, I felt virtue went out of me. You know what that yeah, he said? Power, power went out of me. Power. That's you know what happened? She pulled that power out of him with her faith. And you can do the same thing this morning. Mm-hmm. You can pull that power Why not? right out of the word that we're sharing with you this morning. You can pull the power of God right out of his word. He is the healer. Not Larry, not Helen Elder. He is the healer, and he's still your healer. But you've got to take God at his word. Amen? We're just the right. servants. We're just the deliverer of his word. But if you would believe it and receive it, the same power is available for you this morning. Amen? Faith That's right. and righteousness. Faith and righteousness. That's right. You know, Prophet, that's so important. And I like the way you said it. You see, faith goes to the root of the problem. I want to say that again. Faith goes to the root of the problem. 11 and 22, what did Jesus say? Have faith in God. I have the faith of God. Verse 23. Now because you have the faith of God, you can speak to the mountain, which means the problem, the sickness, the disease, whatever it is. Doesn't matter, big or small. You can what? Speak to it. To be removed. Doubt not in your heart, but believe those things which you said shall come to pass. Look what Jesus said, guys. Jesus said you. Who said it? Jesus said you will have whatsoever you said. Now, because you did that, he said, let's keep going. I've got some more to get you here. Verse 24, what things ever you desire when you pray, now you believe that you receive it. So you're only going to get what you believe that you receive. But see, faith is a factor there. It's like somebody have a blood disease. Well, let's let's make it more simple. Somebody got cut by glass, and the doctor have to get all the glass out because if they sew you up and it still have more glass in there, that ain't good. It's going to hurt you so bad. So they must get it what? All 
out. Would you agree, Prophet? Yes, absolutely. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. Here's what I'm saying to you. Faith goes to the root of your problem. It cut it off at the root. Because if, if you leave the root there, the thing is going to do what? Grow back. It's going to keep popping up as long as the root is there. Faith goes to the root of any problem, any situation, any circumstance, and it cuts it off. When it's cut off from the root, guess what? It doesn't come back. It cannot come back. Why? See, if it's alive, if it's here on the earth, it has its origin in the spirit. If it exists here on earth, it's because it exists in the eternal realm, in the spirit realm. Sickness, disease, it exists in the spirit realm. Cut it off from the roots. And it will no longer exist. We had some mushrooms growing in our yard the other day. And the prophet asked me, she don't like them, can't stand them. She asked me to dig it up from the root. Mm -hmm. I would just knock them down. But they kept popping up. But when I dig it up from the root, got the root off the ground, guess what? It never came back. Why? Because I took it up from the root. Can y'all see that? Amen. This is how it works with everything. Faith goes to the root of the problem. Faith cut it off from the root. Where it cannot come back. Jesus said by his stripes you were healed. Because he pulled the root out. Amen. You see it? Thank God. You've been redeemed from poverty. What happened? When Jesus died, he went and pulled poverty out from the root. Yes, he did. And that's why the scripture says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14, Christ has <clears throat> redeemed us from the curse of the law. What does that consist of, the curse of the law? Poverty, you've been redeemed from poverty. <clears throat> sickness, you've been redeemed from sickness. And spiritual death, <clears throat> you've been redeemed from. How? He took it out from the root. See, God don't want you saved and broke. If you are saved and broke, you have half a salvation. What? You heard me right. You don't have the full package. Don't allow these things to stay in your life. And Jesus died to give them to you. 
Remember, a testator is no good unless the testator of the will first dies. Jesus died, folks. And he rose again to make sure you did everything he died to give you. All right. Praise God. I like that, Apostle. Um, <clears throat> we, went through, we went through Mark eleven twenty two. We went through 23, and you left off with 24. When you, you know, talking about when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you'll have it. But I want yeah. us to go further. I want us to go deeper, because verse 25 says, but there's a condition here to receiving verse 22 and 23 and 24. And that is, that is verse 25. It says, when you stand praying, come on, forgive if you have ought against any. That's right. Why? So that your heavenly father will what? Forgive you your trespasses. Do you see that? Yep. It's contingent. Those blessings we talked about, they weigh heavily on verse 25. So we must forgive. We talked about condemnation. We talked about unforgiveness. We talked about strife. We talked about separation, division, fear, and all of those. Unforgiveness is an enemy to your faith. That's why he say, when you pray, okay, we just prayed. Father, we speak into this mountain. We're in verse 23, remember? Father, we speak into this mountain of, of whatever, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, lung cancer, whatever. It, it doesn't matter what it is. You just spoke to it according to the word of God, and you told it to be removed in Jesus' name. See, Jesus' name is the key to it all. In the name That's of right. the Lord Jesus, be removed. Be removed. Be removed now. Amen. We, we, the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't have to depend on the name. She had Jesus himself. She heard him speak. She heard others talk about him speaking. But we don't have that. But what we do have, we have his word. Amen. Oh, yes. And in the name of Jesus, everything, every knee bow, every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. And we must believe on that word. The Bible says when Nick, when uh, you threw that name out there, Apostle, and I'm trying to pick it up. When Thomas heard mm -hmm. that Jesus was risen from the grave, the Bible says he did not believe. No, Come on, didn't. Bible scholars, you know this. He said, I will not believe. They all came to tell him the master is risen. He's risen. He said, well, you I won't it. believe that. I won't believe it. He said, I That's won't right. believe it un unless I see it. And do you know the story? When the door was closed and they were in the upper room and they were all praying, who walked through the door? Jesus did. In the spirit, of course. He walked right there through the door in the midst of them. And he said That's to right. Thomas, now Thomas, and Thomas said, my Lord and my God. He saw him with his own eyes now. And look what, look what Jesus said to him. You believe it now because you now see me. Now I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying. Get a hold of this. 
see, he saw with his own eyes. You remember before he said, unless I see, I won't believe. And so Jesus came to him and he said, Thomas, and he said, my Lord and my master. And mm-hmm. he said, well, Thomas, you didn't believe. He said, but now you believe because you see me. But this is what I wanted you to hear. Jesus also said this, but blessed are those who have not seen me, but yet they believe. You know who he's talking about? You. You who listening to me this morning. He's talking about each of us who never laid eyes on the master. But you mm-hmm. know what we are laying eyes on? We're laying eyes on that word. We're laying ears on his word. We're hearing him and we're reading the word of God that's telling us when you stand praying, you need to forgive if you have ought against any. Child of God, unforgiveness will hinder your faith. That's right. Strife will hinder your faith. That's Are you right. listening to me? And if your faith is hindered, it's impossible to receive your healing. Because mm-hmm. watch this now. Watch this. Faith, come on. Stay with me. Faith worketh how, Apostle? By love. Faith worketh by love. Are you listening? That's the yeah. only way your faith is going to work. If you're walking in slight, if you're walking in unforgiveness, if you're walking in doubt and unbelief and all those other <laughs> hindrances, faith blockers, your faith cannot work because faith only works by love. That's right. And that's why, and that's why Jesus is trying to get us to get rid of all those faith blockers because it will stop your faith from working. Faith works by love. The Bible That's says right. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. Get a hold of that. He so loved the world. What do you mean so loved? Well, so how? How did he love us? He loved us so much. He gave us his best. Even when we didn't deserve him. Mm-hmm. Even while we were yet sinners. Come on. Even while you were out there sinning, doing whatever it was you wanted to do. Christ was dying for you. He died for us. He didn't wait until we got right to receive. No, while we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. So what is he telling us? He's telling us you must forgive, child of God. Even as he forgave, we must forgive. We want this divine healing to work in our lives. And it does work through faith. It works through faith. And if your faith is not working, divine healing can't help you, can't work for you. So we want you to see the operation of it. We're not just Mm -hmm. preaching to you this morning. We're trying to lay it out where you can get it yourself. And see, once you get the God said this to me, I'll never forget. He said, when my people understand, they'll make better choices. That's good. See, preaching encourages us. We, We love when we hear someone preaching the word of God. But teaching grounds you. When you have teaching, you can leave the place where the word of God has been taught and you can go out, watch this, and do it yourself. Because you got a good working knowledge of it. Because you got an understanding of it. You can, you grab that, that, a hold of that word and you got it. And you got it tucked under your, in your heart. It's there. It's not just in your head. 
doing something's in your head, you might forget it. You might forget yeah. it. That's why we have to grab a pen. Um, most of us who carry those iPhones, we put everything in the phone now because it's like a, you know, a secretary on wheels. Because That's if good. we just rely on our memory, sometimes they say, you know what, you gave me that number, but I forgot it. Oh, wait a minute. I did put it in my cell phone. Well, you see, that's what you have in, in your spirit. Once the word of God drops down from your head into your spirit, child of God, you got something. <laughs> Are you listening to me? And when we say drop down in your spirit, we mean drop down in your heart. It's in your heart now. When something's in your heart, you don't forget things that are, listen, you love your spouse. Do you forget how to love them? No. Because love is of the heart. You love your child. Do you ever forget yeah. how to love your child? No, because love no. is of the heart. You name that child, whatever you name them at birth, mothers. Do you ever forget their name? Of course not, because you love that child. See, love is of the heart. But once that word makes it to your heart, it's secure. Mm. You'll never forget it. So thank God for Things being impregnated in your head, but you want them at, you want them to be birthed out in your heart. That's what we're talking about. And once it's in your heart, divine healing is inevitable. Divine healing is yours. I want divine healing. Thank God for pills and surgery. But divine healing, see, divine healing is what Apostle's talking about when he said it goes to the root and it roots that thing out. Watch this as if it never was even there. That's right. <laughs> You're listening to me. You don't have no, to go isn't. home and take pills three times a day. When God gets rid of it, it's done. It's over with. And that's it's when done. the doctors, the doctors become amazed. <gasps> well, we thought it was there, but now we don't see it. Are you listening to me? No, Jesus touched it. He took it over in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16. You need to also go read that. Matthew 8 and 16. It says himself, Jesus himself took in order to carry away your sickness. He took it in order to carry away your diseases. He took in order to carry away your infirmities. That is the amplified version that I was just quoting. Mm -hmm. The King James says he himself just, he took it in his own body on the on the, he took it so you don't have to have it in your own body. You don't have to take it. Himself, he took it. But see, if right. we can't believe, if we can't believe that and we can't receive that, child of God, and Satan will struggle and he'll fight with you to try to make you doubt that. But I know Amen. we're out of time, so I'll stop. Praise God. I hope you got something today. I hope that you, the, the, you were able to open your heart and let this word into your heart today. Amen. Amen.